0: I I love to write and I love to like storytell, but it's so funny when it comes to writing for your own business. You're like <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. Hi, I'm Janessa McKenzie, the brand new. And I help entrepreneurs gain the mindset, messaging, and visibility to unapologetically show up and build their brands. So how do you build your brand from the inside out? This is the Elevate Podcast. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Elevate Podcast. I am here today with Dawn Upon. Did I say that right, Don?
1: Up one, like you're up stepping on. up one stair. My husband's Filipino. <laughs> it's a hard and name. I sh-
0: and I definitely should have asked you that before we
1: <laughs> <before laughs> I, <started. laughs>
0: I usually do. This time no I worries. didn't. See what happens? <laughs>
1: It's all good. (laughs) So funny. Nobody gets it right.
0: Well, I will from now on.
1: There you go. I will from
0: now on. So Dawn is an expert copywriter and funnel strategist, and she helps female entrepreneurs communicate a compelling message, automate leads and sales that generate consistent income using a funnel that fits their business needs. Dawn, I'm so happy that you're here. Thank you for coming.
1: Yes. Thank you so much for having me on the show.
0: So tell us a little bit more about who you are and who you help and why you help them.
1: Yeah, I uh, I haven't always been a copywriter. I always say that I'm an accidental entrepreneur. <laughs> um, I I didn't set out. I actually Googled work from home for a long time before it mm. hit me that that actually equaled being an entrepreneur. <laughs> but what happened was about three years ago, right now actually. Um, We were in a job situation that turned really negative. And I say we, because my husband and I um, were pastors together in a church. So we worked together. Um, That organization provided a fully furnished home for us, um, cars, pretty much everything. And then we received a small cash allowance. Um, And it was all good until I had my daughter and I wanted to spend more time with her. I wanted to be home to raise her and I was laughed at and told that parents don't stay home with their kids anymore. So that uh, plunged me into a Google search for work from home. And uh, that led me down this crazy path. I didn't even know a copywriter was a thing. Um, like I said, I was a pastor. So I've been writing for many, many years, writing and speaking, um, just not in the field of copywriting per se. And I started with a $99 digital marketing course, which um, totally changed my life. I laugh about it now um, because you'd think, oh, that's just some cheap online course, but um, it put me in a new direction. And that's where I learned to build funnels and run Facebook ads, and then got um, familiar with the world of copywriting. And I found that I was helping. I, I started with affiliate marketing, so I was in a community of affiliate marketers, and I kept getting asked to help with their copy on their ads and their landing page and things like that, um, because I was just naturally good at it. And so it took a while for it to all click. Um, yeah. I didn't actually start copywriting until like two years after that. But um I tried all these different niches first before I was like, ding, ding, ding. This is the area, like this is my zone of genius. This is what I love. And now um, I help female entrepreneurs, uh, specifically who want to get a funnel that um, brings in clients that are um, ideal for their high ticket programs. So a lot of coaches these days either have one-on-one or group programs, masterminds, Um, really high level, high ticket programs. And that is what I help them fill by creating a funnel with emails and sales pages and all of that, that um, help just magnetize those ideal clients to them.
0: Yeah. And is that, um, do they use them organically or are they usually through Facebook ads?
1: So I have some of both. Actually, I have clients who utilize Pinterest. I have mm. clients who use Facebook ads. And then I also have quite a few clients who have done it organically on Instagram.
0: Wow. That's interesting.
1: Yeah. Instagram. Yeah. Some of them have uh, six figure businesses from wow. Instagram only.
0: Wow. That's amazing. And I, I know it can be done. It's just sometimes you get so you, sometimes you feel like you need to be everywhere but Mm -hmm. you don't, you know, and the people that really dive deep into that one platform that they love, you know, they're going to have more success obviously from that one platform because that's the one they're on and that's the one they love and that's the one that they use the most. Mm -hmm. So mine right now is Facebook. I love Instagram and I love following people on Instagram and I do posts every day, Uh, but Facebook is just more community based. And that's really one of my core values is commu- you know, um, community and building relationships and connections and things like that. So I just, nice. yeah, I just feel like um, Facebook is more my jam right now.
1: <laughs> yeah. On. Yeah. And well, and you've nailed it you know, a very significant difference between the two platforms. Um, And it really depends on who your ideal clients are and where they're hanging out. You know, for some people, Facebook is not going to be the place to find their ideal clients and that's okay. Yeah. But if your ideal clients are on Facebook, it is great with groups and yeah, there's definitely that community component.
0: Yeah. I I think that's where I struggled a little bit too, because I know my ideal clients are on both. And I have mm. a very different audience on Instagram than I do on Facebook.
1: Oh, that's interesting.
0: Yeah. I mean, not totally different, but they are different people on Instagram than mm. they are on Facebook, you
1: know? Or are um, they demographically similar?
0: Um, yeah. Like they're, when I hear the word demographic, I think like where they live. <laughs> I know that's totally not the entire <laughs> definition of demographic, but Uh, yeah, they are just different people. Like a lot of people that hang out on Instagram are not Facebook fans. Mm -hmm. They're Instagram fans, you know, like that's why they're there. They love Instagram and they don't really love Facebook. Yeah. And I guess it's probably a younger crowd on Instagram Mm -hmm. than it is on Facebook as well.
1: Yeah, for sure. I I want to say Facebook is like 34 to 48 is the majority of people. And women. Women take the majority on Facebook.
0: Yes. Yeah. And Instagram is probably more millennial based mm-hmm. to probably what, may, mid-30s maybe.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would say early 20s. I don't remember the stats exactly, but yeah, it's like early 20s to mid-30s for Instagram. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. And when you're writing copy, like you're obviously, it's definitely going to depend on your, your client's ideal client, Mm -hmm. but the, the age difference makes a big difference in how you're writing copy.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And that comes into play a lot with ads because I also, Mm-hmm. Um, I don't do it as much anymore, but I used to manage quite a few clients' Facebook ads mm-hmm. in addition to building the funnel. And um, I would see a significant difference between when you run ads, you want to run to only about a decade, um, like 10-year span, age span, rather than running an ad to, you know, 30 years, <laughs> like 25-year-olds to 55-year-old women.
0: Mm-hmm. A
1: 55-year-old woman is very different than a 25-year-old woman. And so, yeah, I would run totally different ad sets and change the ad um, Mm -hmm. while keeping the brand voice and, you know, all of that is really important that you stay on brand, but also that you're speaking the words, the lingo and things like that to that age group, um, which is why I always recommend um, having different ad sets for those different age groups, because, they, they are just so different. And Facebook, Facebook is looking at, you know, I think it's something like 400 different pieces of information for each person. Mm. And so all their pieces of information for a 55 year old is gonna be very different than the 25 year old. So your yeah. ads also are just gonna be really messed up if you try to do something to, you know, a really huge portion of the population. Yeah, so confuse the algorithm
0: niche down as far as you can in your ads and in your audience as well.
1: Yes, yeah. absolutely.
0: That's interesting. Because yep. that's probably one of my
1: biggest mistakes
0: right there. <laughs> I'm uh, like, Why aren't these stupid ads ever working? Yeah, well, there's they're, probably a really good reason.
1: <laughs> it's phenomenal. I mean, there's so many little little things and we could talk about Facebook ads for a long time, but I, uh, I'll give you one story of a client who I had built her um, lead gen funnel. So a landing page um, that went into a sales page and um, she had run her own Facebook ads for years and years. So she was like, no, I don't need help with that. Um, got her landing page up and her landing page had been converting at 5%. Mm. So I was like, okay, I can help you with this. <laughs> and um <laughs> She was super excited, loved the page, ran like 230 or so dollars of traffic to the page of her lookalike audience Mm -hmm. and got five leads. And she was like... This is bad. Yeah. Like what just happened? She's like, I have to turn these ads off. And I was like, yeah, this is bad. Like what just happened there? And so I asked her. I was like, can you just give me admin privileges and I'll create one ad. Um I'll spend 11 bucks and we'll just see what it can do. And I did an ad to a cold audience. 11 dollars got 12 leads and converted wow. at 54% on that same page. Like literally the next day. Like wow. she had that like spent a couple hundred and was like, I have to shut everything off. And so I did it the next day, same ad, yeah. um, but different audience, cold audience instead of lookalike. And just the way that I set up the ad, um, you know, conversion versus traffic and all of that. So it, it makes a huge difference. And I try to um, explain that when I have um, to my clients, when I'm just doing the funnel side of things, mm-hmm. because you can have amazing copy, But if you don't have the right people making it to that page, it doesn't matter. It's not going to convert because those aren't the right people to see the offer. And then they blame me if it's bad, like thinking it's bad copy. Like, no, there's there's more pieces to the puzzle, which is why I was doing the Facebook ads. And then um, people can just get very stressed about Facebook ads. And I did not enjoy that part of it. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, that it's money. I think a lot of people feel like Facebook ads is like, just open my window and just throw boatloads of money outside and let, watch it float away. <laughs> and, but I they
1: think it's they magical ATM.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yes. I exactly. And if they thought about it the other way, exactly like a magical ATM that you put a dollar in and you get 10 out like, heck, yeah, I'll take one of those. I'll take a couple of those.
1: (laughs) It might have been 10 years ago. (laughs) You know, like in the beginning of Facebook ad marketing. Oh, yeah. It was a money making machine if you could, you know, get it just right. But these days, it's not. And I think that's unfortunately, the mindset that so many people have is like, Oh, if I build this funnel and turn on ads, I'm going to be a millionaire by the end of 2020. And it's it's just not going to be the case.
0: Well, like you said, there's so many other pieces to the puzzle, right? I mean, mm-hmm. and it all depends on what you're selling. So you said that you do a lot of funnels and copy for like coaches or somebody that has like a high ticket offer into mm-hmm. to one-on-one. So that that's interesting to me because I always feel like one-on-one clients, at least for me, like they need to be a warm, like a warm audience. Like they need to know who you are. They need to know that they resonate with you. Tell me about, Mm -hmm. you know, running uh, or not, I'm not even running an ad, but like creating copy and a funnel to a one-on-one offer.
1: Offer. Yeah. Um, And you make a good point. A lot of, um, especially if you charge a significant amount for one-on-one, it is going to take, that nurture time um a lot of the clients have a baby offer or a tiny offer whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. um you know that's a real easy access like seven dollars or seventeen dollars or something like that mm-hmm. um offer in the beginning of the funnel and then so you are doing list building while um offering them something small and then from there you have a couple of options you can um go straight to booking a call and Mm -hmm. they'll go that way in their email sequence or on the thank you page will be an option to book a call um, with some compelling copy and reason to book the call. And then um, the other way to do it is with a webinar and having about 40 or so minutes of training. Um, Mm -hmm. And then at the end of that, the invitation to book a call. So still going through... The process of a discovery call which builds no like and trust Mm -hmm. on that um but getting leads in the funnel with just that lead or that baby offer
0: yeah so that's cool and are the webinars like evergreen or are they something that these coaches would do live
1: nope they're evergreen evergreen yeah Mm -hmm. awesome it might have been live at one point but um yeah. They're just recorded and can be watched at any time.
0: Yeah. It's uh, it's one of the things I haven't set up yet and it's been on my list and I haven't done it yet. <laughs> well,
1: I would love to help you with that.
0: <laughs> maybe, maybe we will. <laughs> that sounds like fun. <laughs> um, so when you're, you know, a lot of my audience, I'm sure right now are struggling through writing copy, like, some of them may not even be at the point where they're, um, you know, doing ads or anything like that. They're just trying to figure out like, what the heck do I put on my website? What do I, um, like if they're going to run a challenge on Facebook or something, their post copy, you know, like what, what do they say about their challenge? Or how, I guess maybe it's more, give me some psychology tips on writing copy, because that's really, I think what people don't understand is that when we write copy, we're definitely thinking about who's reading it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But then even if we know our ideal client, sometimes we can get stuck or we feel like choked up and we're like, "Uh, I'm not really sure. What to say.
1: Mm -hmm. It's such a good question. And even when you have done ideal client research, I feel like people still sort of get sucked into this myth that, oh, I don't want to leave anybody out. I need to speak to everyone, even though, you know, I have this idea of who my ideal client is. I've done all this research. Um, We still can have this tendency to fall into a more generic, like, hey, how y'all doing type of speak in our emails, in our posts. So really um, something that I encourage my clients to do all the time is have a picture. Um, I don't care where you find the picture or who the picture is actually of, but um, that can represent your ideal client. So, you know, you might, I mean, there's so many free ideal client avatar type worksheets that you can download or whatever and they'll say yeah. you know like what's their age and their race and their hair color and their eye color and things like that um that doesn't matter as much but find a picture of someone who could be your ideal client or maybe it's a client you've had and then put that picture you know right up there on your computer screen when you're typing um, an email yeah. so that you're looking at that person or i was chatting with a coach the other day who said she pictures uh, or she actually goes into her Gmail and types an email to her best friend, Uh, even though it's, it's for her clients. And then she just copies and pastes it into ConvertKit. (laughs) So, um, and I said, yeah, you know, sometimes it's those little silly things or it's, um, I was chatting with another client who discovered that typing in Facebook just as a post helped her be more free than when she would sit down in her email service provider staring at a blank screen and being like, I don't know what to email my list. Like she was just, she's younger and social media is super natural to her. Mm -hmm. And so she would literally type the email in a Facebook post and then just copy and paste it into her email service provider and send it that way. So even little hacks like that, that Mm -hmm. help you get the juices rolling, um, whatever works for you, uh, I say do it because you can...
0: that, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, isn't that funny that like those two things, I never really, I mean, writing to your best friend, like I do say that a lot, but your other client that was writing in a Facebook post because social media was just easier for her to like just flow. That's so interesting. Like, yeah, find where you're most comfortable writing. Yep. Never would have like I don't know why I never would have thought of that. Like we've talked about before. It's like, sometimes it's the simplest things that just make it easier and put us into flow.
1: Absolutely. You could even, um, do a voice recording and then type, like re-listen to it and type it or have a VA do that. Um, if you were better at voice than better at, than writing.
0: Yeah. Exactly.
1: So yeah, there's, there's lots of options. You just gotta be creative and, uh, Avoid that white screen of death <laughs> with the blinking yeah. cursor. <laughs> yes, that's what it
0: is. It's like the cursor of death. Sometimes it's like of blank, death. blank, 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 and you're like, "Oh, I'm gonna go crazy watching this thing blank."
1: Like, uh, what does my ideal client want to hear? Um, yeah, oh my, and oh my. on that note, I think that also, <laughs> you know, we have a part of it is, you know, what we have to say, what we have to share, and teach, and The value that we have to offer, but also viewing that through our ideal client's eyes of like, what do, what do they need to hear Mm -hmm. right now? What's, what's the conversation going on in her head that I need to enter in and join? And so, um, you asked about the psychology of copy and that's a big thing that we often miss is, um, because we have what we want to talk about, but, um, most people, only care what's in it for them. So when they're landing on your website or your landing page, they just want to know what's in it for them. They don't really care. It sounds harsh. They don't really care about True. you or your story necessarily right away. Mm-hmm. At first, they just want to know that they're in the right place. Yeah. And that you get them.
0: Yeah. Yes.
1: So it's like, a what really, am get, what am I going to get thing. out of
0: this? And what can you, what can you provide to me so that I know you get me?
1: Yeah. And that's massive on websites, especially. And it's a big mistake too, because we think our website's about us, but it's not.
0: So what are some top tips that you would give somebody trying to write their own copy? Let's say uh, a sales page. Maybe that's a big one.
1: (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Pick one. You can pick one. I to have one, I have like a whole hour long training on. Oh, all right. Well,
0: but So, <laughs> all right, let's, let's put it this way. What are some top tips that you would give people to write magnetizing copy that would attract their ideal clients?
1: Got it. Yes. So I would first start with number one, knowing who your ideal clients are. And that sounds really obvious, but you would be amazed. You probably have discovered people who want to sort of cheat the system and get there faster and not really do the research. Mm -hmm. And that's a big mistake, um, especially when it comes to copy. Because like I mentioned, um, the idea of entering the conversation inside their head, that's what is going to magnetize people to you. When they are like, man, is she in my head? You know, you've landed on the right pain points. Um, you know, the things keeping them up at night that they're worried about, stressed about. Um, you want to know when you when you do your research, I always tell people record as much as possible, like do them on Zoom or something so that you can write down exact quotes mm-hmm. or have them in writing. Um, you know, If you find um, ideal client research from Facebook groups or Reddit forums or things like that, then copy and paste it. I tell all my clients to keep a copy bank. Uh It could be an Evernote or a Google Doc of actual quotes. Too often, we think that we are our own client like two years ago. And so we assume that we know that we remember how we felt and what it was like and what we were thinking. But we are changing and evolving so much in our journey that we don't always remember correctly (laughs) or yeah or yeah just really in that way anymore because we've changed and we've grown and many times that's the transformation that we help our clients with is the transformation we've already come through so make sure that I would say big piece of advice is make sure you take that time Mm -hmm. because it's worth it um to really have that document
0: yeah i have a doc i have that document too i I started it oh uh, probably about six to eight months ago that thing is crazy <laughs> right now. and it's gonna you know i have it in um in a google not sort of document it's the a spreadsheet yes and mm-hmm. I have the different tabs down the bottom for like feelings outcomes struggles mm. uh and they're all all in their own like seriously just copy and pasted from some of the comments and groups or wherever and like oh yes you know (laughs) I'll see it and if it hits me then I know that it's going to hit somebody else and especially if there's a lot of um a lot of engagement on that post Mm -hmm. You know, somebody asks a really good question or something in a group and then you get all of these people that are like, oh my gosh, yes, blah, 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 and all this stuff. And you're like, oh, this is a gold mine right here.
1: (laughs) Yep. Well, and then your copy bank, I mean, you can use that for emails. You can use that for Facebook lives. You can use it for your Facebook posts. You can use it on your sales page. There's so many repurposing (laughs) Yeah. Um, ways when when you have a document like that and especially when you have it organized with the tabs like that that is perfect and um I do that as well actually I have it in a google sheet as well and I use it for all of the things that I mentioned um mm. because then your client or your ideal clients are going to know that you get them like when you're actually using the words I'll give you some examples um there was a conference I attended where a copywriter presented and he had made over a million dollars with one ad. And the ad was for some diabetes medicine or something. And um, he was talking about how, when he did the research for um, promoting this product, he was just an affiliate marketer. (laughs) And um, what he found is that people with diabetes often said the phrase, answer to my prayer Mm. and that's what he led with and he like I said he did a million dollars with that one ad over a million um and that's what he believed um that it went back to was using that one phrase and he's like he's like I'm not a Christian I don't like pray or anything like that (laughs) but um I did my research and that is what I kept seeing and that is what I used and that's what worked. And so it's not always, you know, another example of that is in my copy. A a lot of my ideal clients were saying um, when I was creating my course was I want to learn how to write good copy without sounding salesy. Now salesy is Mm. not a word. Every time I type it up, I have that little red squiggly line. Yes, me too. (laughs) But, (laughs) But it's what people are saying. And yep. so I knew that as I was promoting my course, that that was going to be part of the conversation because that's what people were saying. Yeah. And they kept asking me, like, how do I not sound salesy? Mm-hmm. So there's another example of listening to the audience and then integrating it into my copy. So the time that it takes to do ideal client research um, really is worth it in the long run. And will save you later on coming up with ideas of what to talk about. So I would definitely say that's one of my biggest tips for copywriting. Um, Another one that I think, um, so a lot of people think that you're either born a copywriter or not. And (laughs) it's, it's not necessarily a natural born skill. I think some people are natural writers more so than others, Mm. but um, it definitely is a learned skill and something you can learn if you're Bootstrapping, and you want to do it yourself, or you just want to learn it. I say it's the number one skill for. um, I mean, copywriting is all about influencing people. So I use my copywriting skills with my husband, with my kids, all the time. (laughs) So it has a far reaching uh, impact beyond just your business. But um, a free way to improve your copywriting is to hand write good copy. And there's something that happens in the brain. Um, which people talk about, you know, with journaling or with writing affirmations. Same thing with writing good copy. Your brain will start thinking like a good copywriter just from having handwritten good copy examples. And the website swiped.co has like thousands of ads back decades. So starting with newspaper ads, direct mail ads, magazine ads, all the way up to current ads in Facebook, Instagram, all of that. You can look um, based on niche. So you can look up ads within your niche and then just handwrite them. Um, It's a little bit tedious, but if if you're determined to improve your copywriting or you just need ideas or inspiration Mm. for your website or your next Facebook ad, go on there and just see what has worked for other people.
0: It's a great
1: free resource.
0: Swiped. C a dot C O. Awesome. I'll link that up in the show notes.
1: Yeah. The other free resource that's amazing for a copy is the AMI headline analyzer. Have you ever used that before?
0: Oh, that sounds familiar. I've used a headline analyzer before, but I, I don't know if it was that one. A M I.
1: Mm -hmm. And that one you can plug in. I mean, it could be a headline for your Facebook ad. It could be for, Your landing page, your email subject line, doesn't matter, I use it for lots of things, even sub headlines, and it will give you a score based on the emotional, the intelligent and the spiritual component of whatever your phrase is, and then it'll give you a rating and Anything above 40% is said to be like expert copywriter status. So uh, it's not like the A to F grading scale, but um, uh, I know I had one client that was like, I only got 40%. That's a D. I was like, no, that's a really good score. I was like, read the bottom. Like if you scroll down, it'll tell you. Um, It'll even say like, well, you're half um, intelligent, half emotional, is oh, what yeah. that particular headline is getting at or it might be that your headline comes out like a hundred percent spiritual mm. um in its rating so it'll also tell you kind of like who might resonate with that headline based on which of those three categories mm. um it relates to the most so that's a really good tool um one time when i was running ads on facebook for an affiliate offer I changed the headline only, and I had found a headline through um, just trying a bunch of different things, and the AMI score was 82. Wow. And I changed the headline in Facebook, and the next day, I kid you not, I tripled my leads. Wow. Without changing anything else, and I was like, this stuff works.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's so funny, too, because that's true. I mean, and I think that a lot of us have become desensitized to certain words too, mm. because mm-hmm. I, we, they, they get overused um, and things like that. Like the biggest ones I see right now are get to your next 10 K month or get to your first 10 K month or um, you know, leads and sales, like leads and sales, leads and sales. Like, yes, we all want leads and sales, but can you tell me Like, give it to me in a colorful way, you know?
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Which there's a balance to that, right? Like you don't want to be so creative that you make people think because that's like in your copy, if people have to try to think about it and like make sense of it, you'll lose them. If you confuse, you lose. Mm -hmm. Um, But you're right. I mean, you do see the whole 10K around everywhere, but that's also what a lot of people want a lot of people's first goal is 10 K per month. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, balancing, do we speak to what our ideal clients want, but also, you know, have our own spin on it without being so creative that you lose people in the process.
0: Yeah, Yeah. no. And you're right. I, for myself, maybe, maybe that's part of it that, you know, that's, like my first 10k month isn't a goal for me, so maybe that's why I'm so desensitized to it because that's not what I want. You know, like I want something more than that. You know? Right.
1: Well, and and that's a good question to be asking is where where do your ideal clients fall? Because um, you know, if you're somebody who's helping brand new entrepreneurs who maybe either haven't made any money online or maybe they've only made like one or $2,000 a month and they want to hit their first 5k mm-hmm. or, I mean, five figures is definitely like a destination number when you mm. hit that 10k. Um, and it may not be yours, but that's it's somebody's. probably not what your coach was saying when you hired your coach. <laughs> I'm guessing right. that was not, uh oh, the I was having a hard message. time. With,
0: yeah, I was having a hard time with sales when I found my coach and like I was ready to pull my hair out of my head. And her her post it I found her post in a Facebook group that I hadn't gone in for I don't even know how long. And I was like, Oh, just pop over here and see what they're saying over here today and her post was there and it was like yeah, she spoke to my soul in that post. Like I exactly. could type fast enough. Like, oh my God, how do I get a hold of you? Like,
1: you know, like, can I give you money right now? Yes, yes. That's pretty much what it was. Yes. So And that that is good copy. Yes. I mean, she she understood that that was the pain point and that was the struggle for her ideal clients. And that maybe, maybe a monthly target wasn't the pain point or wasn't the goal. Um, and again, those are two different things talking about pains versus aspirations, which, Mm. um, I talk about both of those when we, when I teach on sales pages because you need both and you need both in your copy, but you're right. Um, you you weren't focused on that monthly goal but more so on getting away from your pain which most people who spend money are going to spend it based on getting away from pain versus getting some kind of pleasure which right. would be the 10k
0: so when you're talking about you know, so do you have do you do you have a recommendation for how much you should talk about a pain point or how much you should talk about an aspiration
1: such a good question um i think (laughs) it's gonna vary based on who your ideal clients are really like what is their pain to take us as an example like people who are entrepreneurs building businesses um i would still emphasize the pain a little bit more like i wouldn't say 50 50
0: Mm.
1: but um because again most people are going to buy to get away from pain, then they are mm-hmm. going to buy to get that pleasure. So if they're going to spend money, um, they want to get out of the pain of like I hate sales, sales mm-hmm. are so hard, like that pain. But at the same, like the flip side of that is that you own a business and you want that business to be profitable, which means you need money, and they need to paint that picture for you. So whether she painted the picture with a monetary goal, um, she might have painted the picture of like imagine being excited for your next sales call Mm. or um, like not sweating so much on your next sales call or closing at 75% or, you know, there are different ways besides just financial um, Mm -hmm. that we can paint that aspirational picture, but um, you always want to get people thinking about what's possible, but then bring them back to, the pain of what your reality is because Mm -hmm. that then is going to move them forward so that they get that aspirational goal. Yeah. So it's both. You always want both.
0: Yeah. Uh, And I saw something that, um, in an article about a month ago that said that Facebook will, um, you know, looks for negative words Mm -hmm. or negative feeling words and won't show those words to as many, like your copy to as many people if you're using more negative feeling words.
1: Mm-hmm. I've had ads rejected for that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because you have people, I mean, think about people who are in the niche of like mental health mm-hmm. type things where they're talking about anxiety or depression or grief mm. or loss. Because Facebook's number one goal is people to spend time on their platform, and they want people to be happy. So if what you're talking about is negative, even if you're just telling your story, Mm -hmm. you know, like part of my story, um, and long story ads work really well on Facebook. Part of my story was that I was depressed and having panic attacks when I became an entrepreneur, like when Mm -hmm. I was uh, googling work from home. And so that was part of my story. But I always made sure that that part of the story was like one sentence or two sentences, like that I didn't dwell Mm. on the pain. Um, Because the truth is you want to connect, right? We want to connect with people on their pain. You don't want to be so far out of reach. Like you have this amazing life and you have it all together um, because you're going to be too, like, that's going to be so foreign.
0: It's going to look too perfect to people and they're going to be like, Oh, Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: And they're not going to relate. So you have to be able to communicate the pain in some way, but you're absolutely right with Facebook ads. Um, you have to be very careful on what they'll approve and not approve. Mm. And then if you don't want to run an ad, I mean, you can write a post about anything. Um, you may not get much organic reach if it's really negative, but, um,
0: Right. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like even not necessarily just on ads, but even on your regular posts, like if you're talking about something that's not pleasurable, Mm -hmm. you're, you know, so I have told my clients and my audience in my Facebook group to try to use as less, as least words as they can that are of a negative connotation. Um, while still trying to paint the picture of the pain point. Mm-hmm. Which is not an easy thing to do.
1: <laughs> it is super tricky. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, I think and I might have lost done. a few people there. They're like, what the hell is she talking about? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we do have to connect on pain because the weirdest thing is, is that, that's the most relatable thing because it's an emote, like it's evoking emotion. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: You know, when, when somebody is in pain or went through a struggle or, you know, did this, that, or the other, that was not what they wanted, but then came out on the other side of it in a better place so that we all know that it's possible to come out on that better place. Like that's really what you're showing in the story, right? It's like, here's where I started. Here was the middle, which probably is not the, you know, the best part of it. It's not the best light because that's where your struggle was. And then Mm -hmm. you come out on the other side of it. When you didn't think when you were in the middle of it, it was even possible to come out to where you are now. And it's inspirational.
1: Exactly. And that's important because they need to see that somebody else did it and that they can too. Yeah. So we paint that picture of the struggle and that trial um, so that they can be like, oh, that's me now. And they did it so I can do it too. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, as coaches, that's the whole idea of like hiring a guide. You know, like we see in the hero's journey movies, like Star Wars and, Lord of the Rings and things like that, where there's always a guide, that mentor person. And so when they can relate to that struggle um, and see that you came through it, they'll be like, oh, this is the person that can guide me through, just like you realize this is a person that can guide me through sales. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, right. (laughs) Exactly. So what's one of the biggest mistakes that you find um, entrepreneurs make when they're writing their copy?
1: We've covered a couple of them, and that's not doing enough ideal client research um, and not speaking to one person, trying to speak to a lot of people. So -hmm. those are two big mistakes. And then I would say the next biggest mistake is not spending the time necessary on things like headlines and email subject lines um so because we only have a six second attention span um you have to grab people right away and if you don't get them in the email subject line your email doesn't get opened so they never find out what you're trying to sell like they never get past go um if it's not interesting enough your headlines and um even your bullet points Bullet points are huge. I teach a lot in depth on headlines and bullet points um, because those are going to be the things that really resonate with people. Um, That number one hook them with that headline, and then often it's the bullet points that either trigger the pain or the aspiration somewhere in the copy. It doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, right at the top, um, but that will trigger people. And you know, if you asked your people after, like why did you buy? Um, What was it that kind of put you over the fence? You'll often find that it's like one sentence literally on your sales page or one thing you said in a post. Um, So taking time to make those things really high quality I think is a big mistake. I tell people like spend 90% of your time on your copy, your content writing just on headlines. And they're like, what? Yeah. (laughs) Like, I throw it together at the end. Like,
0: like, no. yeah, No, please don't do that. Yeah. Um, Well, it needs to be, you know, interesting enough that obviously they want to open it. Um, I find that like a pattern disruptor is, mm -hmm. um, gets emails opened more than just a regular like here's your monthly newsletter,
1: you know, (laughs) right. Oh yeah. Snore. Yeah. I mean, email inboxes these days are just insane. So you have a lot to fight against in that, but even on your, your website and your landing pages, having a headline that hooks people. And, um, this is not my analogy. I believe it's Joe Sugarman's who's, um, a famous copywriter compared it to salty peanuts and how, um, you know, how bars will give out peanuts for free.
0: Yeah. And so the, the will reason. drink
1: more. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he said, when you're writing your copy, every single sentence should be like a salty peanut. So Ooh. the more like the, 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 and peanuts are addicting kind of like Pringles. You can't eat just one. Right. So yeah. um, you keep eating. So your first sentence has to make them want to read the second sentence. And then the whole job of the second sentence is for them to read the third sentence. And if you treat like every sentence as important to that main idea, number one, you'll probably get rid of a lot of stuff that doesn't need to be there. And number two, they'll be intrigued enough to keep reading. And then, you know, just like that concept of uh, the reason they give free peanuts is that you buy more drinks. Um mm-hmm. So they'll buy your stuff, the more uh, entertaining you are, and uh, the more you build that know, like, and trust.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. As you were talking, I had a thought in my head, and then, and I hate it when that happens, because I'm trying, I'm listening to you, obviously, and the thought just like went right out of my head, but that's okay. (laughs) I'm sure that it'll, I'll, I'll even back. think about it again and I'll send you a message. You'd be like, Oh, <laughs> I remember what I was going to say on the podcast.
1: <laughs> Feel free to message me anytime.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. So funny.
1: Um,
0: oh, I know what it was. I was going to say that, you know, when you really sit down and start thinking about everything that you're saying right now, um, if anybody listening, when you are reading other people's posts or other people's copy, you're going to notice you will skim through a lot. Like if it's a long post or even if it's not a long post, like why are you not reading it? Why are you reading it? Why are you clicking that read more button? Because something- Why did you open the email? Why did you open the email? Why did you keep reading on the website? Why did you keep reading the blog? Like there is a reason- that you continue to read because if it didn't catch your eye, you're not going to care about reading more.
1: Mm -hmm. Most definitely. And that brings up a good tip for having a swipe file. Um, mm-hmm. just a folder in your email of, I mean, I'm, I'm on so many email lists, it's ridiculous. But um, one of the reasons for that is that I have that swipe file for ideas. So mm-hmm. anytime exactly what you're saying, anytime there's an email that I open, because it's a really good subject line, it goes into the swipe file. Mm-hmm. Or anytime there's an email that I just loved reading or like really drew me in, it goes into the swipe file for ideas for later. Yeah. So Um, That is a good way. And on that same note, like, think about what it was that made you buy for the last few things that you buy. Um, You know, whether it's a product or a digital course or coaching from someone like you've Mm -hmm. identified that post and that she was speaking to your need to solve your problem of sales. Um, You know, think about what it is that caused you to buy in certain situations. Like for a lot of people, it's social proof. So seeing testimonials or, you know, this could be even like Amazon reviews. How many of us look Mm. at reviews on Amazon or Mm. um, an example I always give is recipes that I look up on my phone. I'm like, oh, this one has 1,329 Uh, reviews and it's four and a half stars i was like that's probably a good recipe versus the one next to it that's the same thing but has 12 reviews Mm. and five stars i'm like "Mm, this one obviously is more tested and Mm -hmm. has more people who have taken that time to say yes so um you know think about what motivated you to buy was it one bullet point was it the money back guarantee? Was it somebody's testimony? It's so funny because I'm um, I'm a trainer for a group coaching program of mm-hmm. my coach, and so um, my she used my testimony on her sales page. And there's like three three at least clients that I've chatted with since who have said it was your testimony that was the reason yeah. that I joined the program. So you know, just think about what, what motivated you to buy and then make sure that you're doing that in your social media posts, on your sales page, in your emails. Mm -hmm. Um, because that is going to make a difference and get more people. So pay attention.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely.
1: John, this conversation
0: was amazing. Amazing.
1: And super fun.
0: It was super fun and lots and lots of information. So Anybody listening, listen again and get out your pen and paper and take some notes because there was lots and lots of good stuff in here. Lots and lots of it. And uh, as always, screenshot you listening to this episode and you can tag Dawn and I um, on Instagram, which she will provide you all of that information in one second, exactly where you can find her. Um, but tag us and let us know what your biggest aha moment or takeaway was from this episode. So Dawn, let them know where they can find you.
1: Yeah. You can find me on Instagram. I'm just at Dawn Upwan or my website is DawnUpone.com, where um, I've got an awesome freebie that uh, I know you asked about sales page and my freebie is a 19 page cheat sheet on Ooh how to create your sales page. So head on over to my website and you can check that out for yourself and get a little cheat sheet on your next sales page.
0: Wow, that's awesome. A 19 page sales page cheat sheet. <laughs> awesome. That's amazing.
1: Yeah, I'd like to over deliver. Yeah, <laughs> there's nothing <laughs> wrong with that, right?
0: <laughs> it's
1: so funny. I was like, do I have to call this a guide or an ebook or can I still say cheat sheet? <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. I still call I'm... it a cheat sheet. <laughs>
0: I know that's so funny. Oh yeah. I have the, um, I have the link to that. So I will, I'll link all of that stuff up in the show notes and you can find Dawn on Pinterest and LinkedIn as well. And I have all of those links that I will put in the show notes. So Dawn, any last words that you would love to tell these wonderful entrepreneurs that are listening to us right now? that are pulling their hair out of their freaking heads going, I hate coffee. What would you say to them?
1: Oh man. The first thing I would say <laughs> is when you change your mindset, you change your life. Yeah. So we, we have to stop saying I hate coffee because you're just making yourself continue to believe that number yeah. one, um, biggest game changer. I think, is always mindset. I can give you a million strategies and you can implement them all. But if your mindset isn't right, strategy is not going to fix that. So uh, one of the biggest mindset shifts for me was uh, adopting the mantra, the more fun I have, the more money I make. That's so funny. I do the same thing. I have that same mantra. Ah, isn't it fun? (laughs) (laughs) So that would be my parting words is make copy fun um, make sure you are doing whatever your business is, that it is your passion and that it is fun and it lights you up. And if it's not, then find something else to yes. be fun and passionate about. Because uh, like I mentioned earlier in the call, I had tried a bunch of different niches and different businesses. Mm. And until I got alignment with what I was meant to do with copy, I actually, I 10 x my income right after wow. I finally landed on copywriting and funnels and it makes such a massive difference when I just decided that the more fun I had the more money I made and 10x was pretty good
0: yeah heck yeah (laughs) that's great awesome (laughs) I'd like more
1: of that please (laughs) yes more please
0: thank you more please yes awesome exactly (laughs) Tom thank you again I really really enjoyed this conversation And we'll see everyone in the next episode.